Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Utah, <laughs> give me two. That was a fun way to start the show. I was trying to get the video to launch first before I said anything, but there we were. <laughs> I, that, that has to be our new intro every time. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it does, yeah. Hey, maybe I stumbled into something stupid. But hey, welcome to the show, everybody. It's a Blossom Podcast, Prospects Power Half Hour. Today we're focusing on the next big three. We'll give you the big three, and then we'll give you the next big three for the Red Sox and the Nationals. And there's no better way to do it than with the master himself of the prospect world. He humbly looks at himself as a regular guy, but you guys all know Air Cross for his prospect work. He does the Fantrax Tool Show with Chris Clegg. It's a blast. Those guys are awesome. And it's one of the best prospect shows in the game. And we just do our little slice here, a little half hour where we are small timers. And we're happy being who we are. But we know that Eric Cross is going to give us something good today. So welcome in. Happy New Year, Eric. And uh, I hope you're doing okay after the snow. You know, you're a main dude, though. So <laughs> snow ain't no thing. No, nah, no, nah, it's really not. And it's been pretty mild here. Like, we haven't had more than a few inches at a time. No, no big, you know, foot and a half, two feet of snow. Nothing like what Buffalo was getting last month. So, no, it's, 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 it's good, man. Thanks for having me on. Been looking forward to this. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben reached out, made it happen. Uh, obviously, me and Eric are friends. We've, we're have we the champions of the Tag Team League. Uh, we're going for a repeat this year, I'm sure. And Absolutely. We're very, we love working together doing that. And Eric's just a good friend overall. Forget all that. Uh, last time I saw his face, we were sitting behind home plate of the Arizona Fall League Futures All Star game on the Sunday after the Baseball HQ's first pitch in Arizona wrapped up. And uh, do you remember a highlight from that game at all that still sticks with you at all, Eric? Just one highlight. It's funny. I actually tweeted uh, one of them earlier at the end of the game when they ran out of pitchers. I forget which, oh. which team ran out of pitchers. And Tink Hans came in to face Jordan Walker. Both St. Louis Cardinals guys and Walker almost took him out, took him to the warning track. That was pretty fun. That was a really fun game in general. Really, really fun week. That's always a great time out there in Arizona. Yeah, we had a great time doing that. It was a lot of fun. So let's uh, cut the crap, get right into it. You know who Eric is. You know where to follow him. It's real easy. He's on Twitter at EricCross04. Very simple. And, of course, follow Big Ben. Gentle Ben, my friend Benjamin Chase. And I'm at MJ Govier. Plus a podcast. Two L's. Two Z's. Give me two. As of now. Somebody got pissed. They heard about a change in the format here in terms of a rebrand. And they didn't like, what about the two L's, two Z's? You can't say that anymore. So I was like, ah, shoot. You're right. That might... That might cost me in terms of losing that. But then again, people are like, what the hell's a Palazzo podcast? It doesn't make any sense if you're somebody who's never been to the show. So, okay. Either way, let's dive into it. Let's start with the Red Sox here first. We're doing the Red Sox and the Nationals. Eric, let's open it up first with your your top three, and then we'll go to the next big three. So as it stands today on January 12th, how do you see the Red Sox top three prospects right now? Right now, at the top, it's it's a bad. I, I go back and forth between these two. I love them both. I think they're both gonna have bright futures. As of this very second, I am Marcelo Mayer, uh, shortstop prospect number one. He was taken fourth overall last year's draft, twenty twenty one. And then Tristan Casas, who actually is just one spot behind him in my overall rankings, 
Uh, first baseman debuted this past year at number two in this system. And then Sedan Rafaela, uh, mostly outfield prospect, played a little bit of shortstop as well. Really fun, big, big breakout year. This past year, got at the double A. He is my number three in the system. So, really fun, really fun top of the system right now. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right. Well, Ben, uh, how do you see that? And then give us your top three for the Red Sox. Those are the going to be the same three names that I would have. Um, one of those things, you know, for one, Marcelo, he was for a lot of places the number one uh, draft prospect in the 2021 draft. So, there's, I mean, the Sox, I'd have to think, were they the like what, fifth pick, sixth pick? Were uh, they fourth, that year? Fourth, fourth pick. pick. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, they were, you know, they ended up having him kind of fall right into their lap. And that was, you know, the, yeah. Uh, but they were, they were, uh, they were pretty lucky to have a guy, you know, a lot of folks thought he would be kind of the consensus number one or maybe slide to number two. And he ended up falling all the way down to, to them, which that was. It's been kind of a he's been everything that they thought he would be. You know, defensively, he is going to stick it short. That's a you know, he is a shortstop. And that's you know, they just lost X. That's gonna be something they're gonna need. Yep. And it looks like, you know, if we want to go into um you want to get into guys like you know, I'm gonna bring up a brave here in just a little bit. Uh, so I'm gonna use their system here, but they moved guys pretty quick here this last year. Meyer is a guy who you could see him, or is a guy you could see him move quickly because of that advanced defense. I think his defense is good enough. He could move up and take that shortstop position. I don't know if you'll see him there this year at all. That no, I don't. I don't think that that's a consideration. But is twenty twenty four absolutely could be in play, and that's. For a high school draftee to make a play for, you know, what we're talking, his it'd be his third or after two full years to be really looking at pushing for the starting job. That's a pretty quick ascension into the major leagues. So that tells you just where he is as a prospect. Um, but the guy I really like, and you know, Casas, big power, first baseman. He's actually a, not a nothing with a glove either. You know, he can handle first base with a glove. But the guy I really like, Rafaela, I compare him very, very favorably to Michael Harris of the Braves. There's a lot of similarity in their games offensively, and Rafaela could just go get it in the outfield. I like the two of them defensively, very comparably. Um, just there's a lot of similarity between the two, and you know some of the similarities are are in their uh, offensive profiles in a bad way too. Whereas you know. Raphael is not the most patient guy in the world, and neither is Harris. But at the same time, they both have a lot of pop in their stick. They both have a lot of natural speed. And they're just really good natural athletes. You know, Harris was originally a two-way player. Raphael, could, he could just, he could really, he can handle shortstop. But man, is he, there are some instincts in center you just can't teach. And, you know, that, that Curacao line is just something else to watch on the field you just you watch a player coming out of there and you're just it's just astounding that island is about as many people as you know the state of south dakota and yet we're we're talking about you know just they could put up a team that will i mean just that little island you know they they play as the netherlands but 
that Netherlands team is basically that island when they play in the WBC and they're competitive. I mean, yeah. it's, it's impressive. So, yeah. And I was able to see that defense that you mentioned with Rafaela firsthand and uh, he got up here to double a middle of the season. So I saw him, Oh, probably eight, nine, 10 times, something like that in the last couple months of the season. And yeah, he was very, very impressive. You know, all the tools were on display. And yeah, he, he is a bit aggressive. There's a little too much chase out, out of the zone, which needs to be corrected. You know, as you mentioned, similarity to Michael Harris there, I very much agree with that. But at the same time, you know, he puts the bat in the ball. There's a good some good context goes here. I think his pull side pop will fit Fenway very well. I think mm-hmm. you'll you'll see him put, you know, a lot of balls off the monster. I think he could probably approach 20 home runs over a full season if he kind of, you know, plays the uh, ballpark right. And yeah, the speed is there as well. So I'm very excited about him. He was he was a real joy to watch this past year. And uh, Cassis was here the year before that uh, in Double A, and then I'll hopefully get to see Mayor later this year. So it's uh, been a fun couple of years. But yeah, I love all three of them. Very very high on all three. Yep. Yay! All right. Well, that's the top three from each fella. Let's go back to Ben first, and then we'll give it to Eric. Ben, give us your next top three for the Red Sox. This is what everyone's been waiting for. They've been waiting for the show for weeks. So now. If you want to get to exciting guys, uh, Miguel Blayas, that was an exciting guy to watch this year. And, and boy, tools, that, that's an, one of the more impressive tool sets in the entire minor leagues to watch this last year. Um, outfielder with the, with the Red Sox system. Um, other guy I have mentioned, Nick York, who had kind of a redemption season this year after really having a rough 2021. He had kind of a redemption season. I, Maybe looks on track to be a second baseman again going forward for the for the team. And then Brian Matta, who uh, he is coming off of Tommy John surgery. I really have always liked the sinker slider. And he has a very distinctly different four seam that he can run up to 101, 102. And boy, you I mean that just that's a heck of a mix. And yeah, his changeup isn't great, but it's just enough different that that could give you a potential guy as a starter, but just that pitch mix as a reliever is really fun. And uh, I just, I liked watching him come back this year. He looked like he had his raw stuff back, which when his raw stuff was going at its best, he was one of my favorite guys to watch pitch just because it's, it's impressive raw stuff. Yeah, absolutely. As Mata was, he's going to have value. Some way, you know, mm-hmm. I think I do think it's more in, in a bullpen capacity, but at the same time, this is a guy that could pitch high leverage innings, whether he's a closer or not, who knows, but a guy that's pitching, you know, seventh, eighth inning, maybe even the ninth inning. We'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, definitely a very lively arm it was good to see him get back uh, into the swing of things this year after missing time with that injury, like you mentioned. So yeah, very, uh, very excited to see what uh, the next year or so holds for Brian Mata. Ooh, all right, Eric, you heard Ben's three. It feels like maybe you alluded to a possible disagreement there. Let's hear your next big three for the Boston Red Sox farm system. Yeah, real quick, though, I saw a comment about uh, Brendan Walter that you, uh, you put up there. Walter's so underrated. Mm. He's, he's not in my next three, mm-hmm. but that guy's just going to be a back-end type. Yeah, right there, a back-end type starter for a while. I saw him, uh, I think, probably three or four starts early in the year before he went up to AAA. And, you know, low 90s fastball, but cuts it, sinks it, uh, commands it very well. Has like a 
Chris Sale-esque slider, not quite as good as Sales, but you know that that lower arm slot, kind of the sweepy upper seventies slider like Sale has, and then he's a pretty solid changeup as well. So don't sleep on Brendan Walter. I still don't know where he fits in, but he's he's a very underrated arm as well. But my next three, Miguel Blaze, like he's my number four, and I think he could be just as good or maybe even better than Rafaela. That's how you know excited I am for him. Yeah. Won't be able to see him quite, you know, this year probably won't be up to my neck of the woods until next year. But everyone I've talked to, you know, throughout this org, people that I do know that have seen him, you know, they're so excited for him. And just like the raw tools, he was one of the best players down in, you know, the, the rookie ball level. So Blaze is my number four, and he's within my top 100 overall. And I do have Nick York at five. Still kind of trying to figure out what Nick York is going to be in terms of like what what does the offensive profile look like and how much power and speed is there. I do think the the hit tool is going to be pretty solid. I think he's going to be you know two seventy five two eighty type of hitter. Get on base at a decent clip as well. Maybe guy that hits you know maybe second in the order. He kind of has that feel to him when you when you watch him play. And the guy that you know maybe hits you know fifteen sixteen home runs and eight nine steals, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound super sexy, but hey that'll play. I think the hit tool is going to keep carrying him. I think he's. I think he's have a nice year next year as well. He had he had some injuries this year, a little bit, a little bit of illnesses. So I think he's have a nice year next year. And then, so here my, comes the disagreement. Then, right? My, yeah, my my next one. I, I like Mata a lot. My third one here is Blaze Jordan. So there are some concerns with you know high velocity up in the zone with him. Uh, my buddy Chris Clegg from Toolshed Podcast saw him. Uh, down there in Greenville, South Carolina, mentioned that as well. And so that will have to be fixed. But, you know, the approach has improved. You know, walk rates ticking up, K rates ticking down. We know the raw power is there. Like, we you know, he, he was in the, you know, one of those hit 500-foot home runs as a 16-year-old, one of those types of guys that, we, that was on the scene very early in terms of the prospect scene. So power's there, and looks like the, the overall hit tool is improving. If he can – figure out, you know, that issue against, you know, the high velocity fastballs. I think he could be a pretty solid hitter, probably more of a first base type. Um, so we'll see how that you kind know, of works out with, you know, obviously Devers is locked in now, thankfully. And, you know, gas is that first base. Maybe Jordan does some DH, you know, still got a couple of years. He's not going to be out for probably till 2024 at the earliest. But uh, yeah, that, that's my next three. Miguel Blaise, Nick York and Blaze Jordan. And, you know, you know, with with York, one of the guys, you know, from up in my neck of the woods growing up that I watched a lot that York reminds me a lot of is Todd Walker. Oh, I um, like that. I like that. I mean, just the type of player he <laughs> could be. And, you know, not a not a 300 guy, but probably just the next tier under and not going to hit you 20, but probably the next tier under and probably going to find some gaps, you know, that that type of a player. And uh, sounds like a streamer to me, though. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. maybe. I mean, a guy he'll pick up, you might draft depending on the size of your league. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Jordan, you know, the one thing with Jordan that's been interesting is he, for all the power he has, he hasn't really been a guy that's put up a ton of swing and miss. That has yep. really impressed me with his profile. That's, Agreed. you know, for th- there was some concern about that in showcases when he was in high school and thought that, you know, gee, that. Yeah, he can he can sure swing it. He can sure hit the ball a long ways when he does. But yeah, what what happens when he doesn't? And so he has actually held that to some level of check. It hasn't been a thirty five percent strikeout rate. You know, you're striking out a quarter of your at bats, 
a lot of guys do. You know that I mean anymore. That's the game. A lot of guys strike out twenty five percent. You know that's that's not half bad for a power hitter. So, well, you take that out of a guy. You know. So. Wow, that's <laughs> shocking information here. Today's day and age with the world of baseball. But hey, we're gonna lock in those top three in the next big three. Here it is. Locked in. Booyah! Go. I gotta tell you. This is a lot of fun having Eric Cross here. I popped in the Discord link for the Fantrax Toolshed. It's in the live chat. So join the Fantrax Toolshed's Discord. Uh, it looks like fun to me. I just joined it today. I mean, where have I been? What have I been doing? What's wrong with me? But I'm there now, Eric. That's all that matters. All I have a question I want to ask. It's all that matters. I have a question I want to ask you about process. I'm going to save it for the end because we're making okay. a pretty good time here. We just did the Red Sox. We got the top three in the next big three. And now we're going to do... The Nats, the Natties, the Washington Nationals. Oh, by the way here, how about this comment? Brandon Walters, everything I wanted Henry Owens to be. <laughs> oh, don't don't wow. bring up Henry Owens. I, I remember wow. seeing Henry Owens when he was in double-A, and it was really, like within oh. the first couple of innings, I'm like, yeah, this guy's not going to work out. Like That was a, <laughs> a, a wasted uh, – I think that was top ten. I think we got him like seventh or eighth overall that, that year. And I think if I recall – I don't want to look back because I'll probably get irritated. I think that was a pretty loaded class that we ended up passing on a lot of, you know, guys that have become all stars at this point. So yeah, let's, uh, it brings up some old, uh, old wounds as a Red Sox fan. (laughs) Yeah. He was a competitive balance. He was at the end of the round there, right? Uh, Or third round. He was a third round pick. No, he's oh, a third round pick. I'm a moron. Oh, he's a third round pick? Oh, okay. I thought, he, I thought he went higher than that. Unless I got the wrong Henry Owens. I could have. No, I got the right Henry Owens. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was great hair, though. Great hair. He had that going for him. <laughs> great hair. He was always oh, a guy he that was, was yeah. rated much higher than what he should have been. Guys, yes. Oh. Yeah. Poor Henry Owens. Let's all take a That was a moment of silence for Henry Owens. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Let's get in the Nats here. The Washington Nationals. Eric, you lead us off once again. Give us your top three current prospects as you see them. We'll see if it includes guys who still have rookie status or not, like a Tristan Casas. Give it to us. Yeah, so when uh, when Ben asked me what National League East uh, team I wanted to cover, you know, if you'd asked me this like last year, year before, I never in a million years was of the Nats. Like this this org was <laughs> terrible mm-hmm. last year, but you know, trading away Juan Soto and getting a you know King's ransom and a couple other trades they've made definitely restocked the system in a hurry, and they've they've done pretty well drafting and on the international side of things as well, but. My top three, and all three of these guys are within my top 40 overall. Two are within my top 20, one within my top 10. I got number one, Ooh. James Wood. The guy looks like he could play, you know, outside linebacker in, in the NFL, power forward in the NBA. I think he's listed at like 6'7", 240 or something like that. And he's very strong, very athletic. Got some quickness to him as well. Had, had a great year in the lower minors you know, in single A this past year that really put him you know, from a guy that was – exciting with potential to a guy like all right this guy has emerged as one of the best prospects in the game for from a fantasy perspective so uh, i think he's a guy that's gonna hit for average you know solid obp as well gets gets on base at a good clip all the power in the world that's starting to translate more and more into games and i think he can bring a little bit of speed to the mix as well maybe be a guy that's like eight to ten steals a year or something like that so james woods one elijah green too he was their first round draft pick in the top five i think it was third overall i want to say or fourth overall i can't remember uh this past june we talked to evaluators that had seen elijah green uh in the spring circuit mm-hmm. he they've they said he had some of the best 
and loudest tools like anyone's ever seen. And these are some scouts that have been around, you know, been around the block a time or two in, in this industry. So you talk about like huge, huge raw power, huge speed, you know, defensively and not in the outfield. The one kind of red flag, the one concern is where does the hit tool wind up? There's a little too much aggression, too much swing and miss. But hey, he's 19 years old. If he can just get to an average hit tool or, or close to it, like if everything clicks, this is an early round fantasy guy, like potential first round, everything clicks, you know, he meets his true ceiling. This is a potential first, second round fantasy guy with the power speed he has. And then three, Robert Hassel, the third came over along with James Wood from San Diego in that one Soto deal. And, you know, a little bit of a, a down year, especially in the second half of the year, once he got over to the Nats, just wasn't really the same, but he had a hand injury that kind of hampered him as well. Something that is a solid hit tool there. Hit 270, 280, somewhere in that range. You know, 12, 15 home runs, maybe a little bit more uh, if he starts driving the ball in the air more consistently. And he's a plus runner as well. So, a guy could be 20, 25 steals. So, a guy, I think, is a, if you're playing dynasty leagues, I think he's a pretty solid buy low. So, that's my top three Wood, Elijah Green, Robert Hassel, the third. Did you know that we sold out and we now have advertisements? Yeah, we've gone mainstream. We're getting $6. That's right. We've made 6 bucks so far. Can you believe it? What a dream come true, $6. Anyways, I wanted to give you some preparation, some time to be cognizant that a commercial is coming your way. I'm not just going to throw a commercial mid-sentence on you. I wouldn't do that. I respect you, and I know that's annoying. So here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from Starbucks or Spectrum, Comcast, Apple, who the hell knows? Three, a two, one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ben, I've got all three are my top three. The one, hey, um, the guy that I had, I was flipping back and forth on whether I was, and not because I didn't think he was worthy of being their top three. Here's the thing: the Nationals could make a very good argument that they have four or five guys that you could argue into this top three and not feel like you're actually leaving somebody out. Um, you know, and you can make an argument that their who's next could be one of these guys too um, and push them, one of them there. But the guy, um, James Wood, is a guy that, you know, we've had this conversation. When you get up to that size, to that six seven, the long limbs, the things, and, you know, you put up his fan, his, uh, you know, his fan graphs page earlier, before this year, it was a 30% strikeout rate. 
you know, 30, 35% strikeout rate. And that's what you, you kind of have the, the two ends of that. You don't tend to have a middle. You have a guy who can either beat the snot out of the ball. And basically you have an Aaron judge or you have a guy that gets to the majors and doesn't make it in the majors. And, you know, we've talked about all the guys who are six foot eight and can't quite make it in the majors. You know, sometimes there's a Richie Sexton that kind of can do it. But most of the time, those kind of guys that that get there, can't. they aren't in the middle. They aren't able to, I mean, you don't have that prospect that, well, he can play outfield. He can, you know, he's a 20 home run, 250 guy that, yeah. you know, yeah, he's still strikes out 30% of the time, but you know, he, he, you know, you don't have a Joey Gallo profile exactly that is six foot seven because those guys for some, they end up striking out 40% of the time and can't make enough contact to really get that type of a profile. It just, for some reason that, that frame kind of leans into that way. So there's that risk that has been there with Wood, he took a huge step forward in timing up his body this year. Now, I want to see it going forward, so I still have that, and I'll it absolutely 100% admit that it's a personal bias there that, you know, and it's the same thing. All pitchers, I have the same way. You know, I got to make sure I see it more than one year that a guy can repeat that delivery when he's six foot six or better. But when a tall hitter shows me that he can put everything together and strike out at a low rate, I'll believe it because, Hey, I'll, I'll admit I was one of the guys that was slow on Aaron judge because he didn't look great for his first couple of years in the minors. And then when he put it together, he really put it together. And obviously we saw what he can do when he really puts it together in the major leagues, but he's also had years in the majors where he struck out, you know, 180, 200 times, you know, so he's there's when it's not there, it can be really tough. And so wood has that kind of a profile. I, you know, I love what you said. You kind of hit spot on for hassle for me right now, Eric, because that's to me, that's a buy low profile. He, the guy came out of high school with one of, to me, the best, hit tools in that class and has always just been able to put back to ball. And when he got to double a and, you know, whether it was the new org plus, you know, he got bumped up a level to double a plus, I mean, you know, all these different things as a, what, 20, 21 year old kid, all this different change in your life all at the same time. And he struggled. Okay. And he hit, he still didn't fall flat on his face. He just didn't, hit at the level that he had before in his career right so all of a sudden everyone's jumping away from him i'm kind of going hmm well if you don't like being mr hassle right now i think i might have a spot at the back of my fantasy team for him (laughs) so you know that's kind of where i'm at as a dynasty owner if i'm shopping around this year and i see a guy that i'm looking to make a deal with has robert hassle on his team i might say hey by the way you know let's see if I can toss in a player and potentially get that guy's Robert Hassel onto my team. Cause you never know where his opinion is right now. So, yeah. And with, with Hassel too, Chris, Chris Clegg and I were lucky enough to interview him last off season. And this kid, he has his head on straight. Like oh. he had a very 
you know, a particular like plan in place, like what he wanted to improve to unlock more power and this and that, like very, very smart person as very nice guy as well. So yeah, I, he's a guy I'm, I'm just personally rooting for, but he's a guy that I I'm going to bank on. Cause I said the, the I baseball IQ is very high with him. So I'm not, I'm definitely rooting for him. And I think he's going to do well. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of fun. Well, we got Ben's and we got, Oh yeah. MG, MJ Govier is making me rich. Uh, I don't know if I'm making you rich. I've had some nice plays in my betting world. By the way, Eric's my new pal at FTN here. Shout out to that. So me and Eric work together again, which is great news. Uh, we just rolled out rolled out a draft guide. I can't believe I didn't bring that up. I should have brought that up earlier. I'm an idiot. It's available. FTNFantasy.com. Sign up now. Promo code MJ Govier. Not cross. Use mine, not him. Screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> Chad says, uh, the Nats are such a fun mix. I deviate a lot from guys like Eric with them since my top three has both Vaccaro and House over Green and Wood. Eric? Those, are, those are two fun guys. They uh, very well might, might be in my next three. Uh, bye! <laughs> That's where we're going. Uh, Anthony says, I have Christian Vaccaro from the Nats on my minor league team. People tell me he's good. I don't know. Should I be excited? Yeah, you're going to find out momentarily how excited you might need to be anthony he's the most boom international signing from that upper oh from that super high class risk we're gonna hear all right we're taking all away your thunder here by the way trust in mj govier alarm clocks not included i don't know what the hell that means at all <laughs> chad says wood could pull off being a judge size gallo Ooh. then we got a newcomer here whoever this is ytnym hello mets fan possibly what do you guys think of Cade cavalli he's not going to be on this list super quick we've covered cavalli in our own discussions when we Worked together this past season, Eric. There was a discussion about picking him up as a free agent in our fab league for the tag team championship that we won, which I have to mention all the time. Uh, (laughs) But I remember you not being as excited. I think I was more interested than you were, correct? I like the stuff. Like, the stuff is good. He he can get the fastball slider, change-up mix. It's good. I just seen a lot of inconsistencies with his command. You know, strike-throwing ability, walks a little too many. I think he's going to be one of those guys where he'll, for fantasy, he'll be fun. He'll get you to K's, but maybe, you know, kind of like a, almost like a right handed Robbie Ray. I don't, I'm not sure if he'll be that good, but you know how Ray is like, oh, you get the strikeouts, but maybe the ERA and whip aren't really the greatest, are a little bit higher than you'd, you'd probably want. I think that's going to be the type of guy that he is. A little bit higher ratios, but pretty solid K's. Okay. And hell yeah. You kind of want a good defense behind him. He's actually, oh, you know, yeah. Jump sure. into our, our next, our, three to look at he was kind of in my in my group for that yep. you know i had cavalli and you know somebody mentioned house and my other one's jeremy de la rosa who you know he goes back another a couple of of league of uh international groups for for the nats but he's a sexy international guy that finally got his first full league year and really balled out this year he was fun to watch yep. in that first full year but uh with cavalli I just I don't know what they're going to have for defense behind him. And that's what scares me with him because I've watched him in the minor leagues. If he's not mowing guys down with strikeouts, it's not going to be good. It's he he really relies on his defense and you got to have good defense behind him and he's had really bad times without good defense behind him. So oh. that's I mean he gets to the point where if he's not mowing the guys down, he starts to aim and then things just get hit pretty dang hard so he kind of, he kind of, reminds, he kind of reminds me of josiah gray in that regard where yeah got the good stuff but can yeah I think a lot of that similarities and i still like gray a little bit too not to get off subject but yeah there's a 
I think there's like a wide range of outcomes for Cavalli for sure. Oh, there it is. Wide range of outcomes. That if there you is. are a professional baseball analyst, you've got to be able to say that. I gotta say that more. I gotta get that in my lexicon. All right. Let's get to your so, next big three for the Nats. Let's go to Eric here now. Eric, this is your time to shine. We didn't mean to steal your thunder with Vaquero, but let's hear it. Yeah, so my next three are Brady House, Christian Vaquero, and Cade Cavalli. And yeah, you know, we already talked about Cavalli, so I'll kind of gloss over him here, but Vaquero is one where he was, I think, easily the best player in that international class from last year. You know, very the frame, you love the frame, big, strong, athletic, and showed good raw power. It's just we just don't know with these guys coming over from like Dominican Republic, Cuba, Venezuela, you know, Curacao, wherever it may be. It's all we really get are, you know, some reports from people that have been down there, but you get these backfield you know, videos of them taking batting practice. There's no, you know, high school games to watch and stuff like that. So it's really hard. That's why you see a lot of these guys that were signed for, you know, 25,000 pop up and guys that were signed for two and a half million fall off. Like we saw with the uh, Jason Dominguez class, both the, the mm-hmm. next two guys, Eric Pena and um, Robert Poisson, both are kind of non, not even thought of anymore. So I, I still believe in Vaquero. Uh, yeah, yeah, look at the you know, tools that, Govia just put on the uh, screen there from Fangraphs. You know, game power, raw power, speed. Is this, is where's the hit to that? That's the question for every young player. Mm-hmm. He's only 18 years old, so I think uh, I'm gonna give him another year. It's, it's way too early to hop off, even if he didn't have the best uh, performance this past year. And same with, with Brady House. You know, he's another guy who was one of the better you know prep bats in his draft class, and yeah, didn't set the world on fire this past year, but. There's the powers there. Like I said, a potential 30 homer bat. Decent feel for hit. A little bit of speed as well. Could be like a 260, 25 plus, you know, five to 10 steel guy. So another guy that is a one of my favorite buy lows right now because the talent is too high to completely just kind of be like, ah, no, I'm done with house. It's it's way too early for that, that to mm-hmm. happen. So uh, he's, yeah, definitely one of my favorite buy lows right now. Ben, there it is. You got it. Vaccaro, House, and Cavalli. What do you got? Well, Cavalli and House are both on mine. And then Jeremy De La Rosa, who I mentioned he was in the previous, the, the their previous outfielder with a whole lot of flash in an international signing. And he got to A-ball this last year and showed power, showed speed, had some issues with his plate discipline, but he did a lot of the things that you really wanted to see and kind of flashed all those tools, but also showed why he's still a young guy that needs some time to develop. And, you know, not every guy is Juan Soto. Um, Not every guy comes up and is, you know, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto that comes up at eight, you know, 19, 20 years old and is immediately ready to come to the big leagues and have a 400 or 350 even on base percentage. A lot of times it takes time to build up that discernment in the minors. A lot of times it takes time to get used to, okay, so this is when I run, you know, I get to first base. This is the, you know, yeah. He was in A-ball. A-ball had a lot of rules that allowed for more running. He also got caught quite a bit on the base pass. He had some really bad base running decisions going first to third. You know, that type of stuff that you watch and you're like, yeah, that's still a really raw player. But, geez, the talent just jumps off the page when you watch him play. And for sure, it's still fun. 
you know, it's, it's that type of a player that you watch. You're going, okay, yeah, there's you can still dream a lot on this guy. So, hey, guys, I looked this up just because we, we mentioned him. Henry Owens is still playing independent ball. Hey! <laughs> All right. He, the dream pitched, is alive. Good he for pitched him. to a 733 ERA in the Atlantic League last year in 46 innings. Damn! So nothing's changed is what you're saying? With, yeah, with almost as much, almost as many walks as strikeouts. <laughs> yeah. There's the issue. Hey, can I can I throw one more name in just really quick? Jarlin sure. Susanna is oh, another yeah. name. Yep. Like also Uh-oh. came also came over in the that Juan Soto deal. Like the arm is electric. Oh, if he's able yeah. to, like he struck out a ton of batters, one of the highest K rates in the minor leagues. If he's able to really hone in the command, like he, this is a guy that could make like that Tink Hans, you know, Ricky Tiedemann type of jump. Like he's already you know, trending up, but there's another big name. I just had to at least mention him. I think I think it would have been a travesty not to mention his name at least once here. So another guy just go out and get him because the arrow is pointing up with him. And what 102, 103 mile an hour fastball or something yeah, like that, depending blazing. on who you believe. Yeah. yeah. Just and it's not a not a straight fastball. It's no. a it's a yeah. wicked looking one of those that pitching ninja is gonna love putting on his page he probably already so, has yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 he gets some other young that's pitching ninja's thing there you got to get them early because their stuff is so electric that they actually hone it in and it becomes maybe slightly bis electric it just becomes a little bit more crafted and right now he is such a wild card a wild thing a badass with all the potential in the world oozing electricity with every pitch he throws I, Good call, Eric. I'm really glad you brought up Susanna. Oh, Susanna! I will not cry for him because I know he's going to do well. He's going to make it big. Uh, that's the best Susanna reference I have right there. Uh, a <laughs> couple more comments here. Uh, YTNYM says, thanks. I traded Cavalli, but I might have an opportunity to pick him back up. I will if he can work on that control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. heard what the guy said. That, that's the X factor with him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't go big. I, I just wouldn't. Uh, first off, you know, pitching, it's a philosophy of dynasty playing. I'd rather go big on hitters than I would on pitchers anyways. That's fair, I think yeah. that's. I think that a lot of people think that way now. It's not really a, a radical strategy by any means. <laughs> and Chad says, I was really hoping we would be able to talk about Andre Lara for this, but the early sample was rough enough to delay the hype around him for a year. Eric, Andre Lara. Yeah, no, he's definitely one that uh, the last couple of years has always been like, all right, waiting for him to break out and it just hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. But, you know, as Ben kind of alluded to, you know, something I've said a lot is prospect growth is not linear. Sometimes, you know, not everybody can come up and, you know, dominate and debut at 20. Sometimes these guys, they don't debut till 24. So if you play like in a deeper dynasty league, maybe the probably, you know, 500 plus prospects rostered overall, he's one of those guys that, you know, back into the, you know, your prospect roster to churn and burn, try to find guys that break out. If not, you move on to the next guy. He's got the upside. He's got the frame, you know, 6'4", uh, still pretty lean, and yeah, definitely has uh, some fun stuff. If he can really start kind of becoming more of a, a pitcher instead of a thrower, he's a guy that could rise up. So we'll see. Rise. Hell yeah. Ben, quickly. Yeah, that's, I mean, you said it exactly right on. I mean, the, the stuff is still electric. He's he's striking out more than a batter in inning. You know, that's that just, mm, yep. and, you know, really got his first taste of full season ball again this year so that's you know he was a guy who was signed what 2019 
I think it was 2019. And then yeah. you know, usually, usually these guys don't debut that same year. And then he missed all of 2020. So it was so, really yeah, a, a weird kind of time frame for those type, those guys. Some yeah. of those guys. The, the goofy thing is, is now I think either was he this offseason or maybe next offseason already, he's going to end up being Rule 5 eligible because of the Ooh. way that these stupid things worked because of, you know, with losing that minor league season and yep. with COVID and all that stuff, these guys are going to end up, he's probably not going to see double A next year and yet he's going to be rule five eligible. And that's the Tigers. because of all that. Yeah. <laughs> there Scott you Harris, go. Your, you tigers, your tigers could throw him into the bullpen, huh? At least Scott <laughs> Harris doesn't just sit out his duff like Alex. Alex, not Alex, Al Avila. Alex Avila was a solid catcher. Uh, Anthony says, will Eric Cross release first-year player draft rankings in the FTN draft guide? Um, uh, I don't know. We, we haven't talked about it, but, hey, I'm game for whatever. So if, if you want some, uh, put the, you know, get the uh, poke of Vlad Sedler. See, uh, see that's what right. he thinks. <laughs> poke, poke the roto god. Poke that gut and see yeah, if uh, yeah, see what he can get out of Eric. Eric Eric has his whole, you know, by the way, you know, the Fantrax tool shed and all the work in Fantrax still exists very, very much. And that's where Eric, you know, that's his home base there. We, we love having him at FTN too, but he's got so much to offer the world that he works at multiple places. So make sure you go to Fantrax and check out the rankings and they're constantly updated and also the Patreon. There's a bonus material and that all goes through the Fantrax tool shed. There's money to be made because these guys worth it. He puts in the time. Every team gets covered between him and Clegg. These guys are badasses. And I know from personal experience that they're good human beings. So if you want your people that offer you the info to also be decent human beings, you know, you got it. You get it from these guys. Appreciate all right. that, man. Right, right back T- at you. Tim Michael. I have, hey, Tim, good to see you, my friend. I love Tim. Tim's one of the Palazzo Originals. Cole Henry's still a guy to keep an eye on? Oh, God. Come on. Really? 100%. I'm glad somebody brought Cole Henry Oh. Up. I, I've liked him for a while. You know, I think there's more. I think he's a better pitcher than Cade Cavalli. I think this pure, you know, stuff and control command, like everything put together. If I had to pick, you know, if everyone was healthy, and obviously that's a big thing with Cole Henry. He can't stay on the field, but you know, if you can guarantee me 100% health for both these guys, I'd probably lean. It's close, very close, but I'd probably lean Cole Henry. So another one where you know, great buy low right now because he just hasn't have the innings but if if he can get back on the mound here and uh, in 2023 and start getting some momentum getting his, his feet underneath them again he, there's a lot of good stuff there yeah eric cross Probably. doesn't know boston very well at all Jeez. that's true i'll give you two matthew there you Utah. go that's for you buddy happy to see matthew matthew came aboard last year we started doing the prospect show he's a regular as well good to see you brother but the yeah i mean henry's Right along with Jackson Rutledge. I mean, Rutledge has kind of finally gotten himself back into finally, play yeah. again. <laughs> took, it took him and, a while. I mean, but same thing. If those guys, <laughs> there we go. There's <laughs> just Jackson Rutledge comment. Yeah. I'm, 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 there with, with I'm there with you, Chad. I'm there with you. I like Jackson Rutledge. Good, you loud, do. Loud, loud stuff. He's, I wasn't he's, impressed he's, with him at AFL 2021. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's, there's still a lot to work on, but he did look a bit better this year. Uh, okay. maybe, maybe he's more of a bullpen arm. We'll see, but... It was loud stuff. There's a reason why he was, you know, kind of as highly thought of after the draft as he was back a couple years. Well, ago. he falls under that category that Ben was talking about with taller dudes, especially pitchers. You know, yeah, I think he's yeah. like six yeah. five, six six, something like that. He's pretty, yeah, pretty tall mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, he was the uh, prototypical that Ben brought up a while ago. That's oh, last one. Okay, we got to wrap the show up already. Over it as it is. Israel Pineda still a guy on the Nats? Serious question, please and thank you. Anybody on Israel Pineda? Maybe, maybe he's a backup catcher. That's kind of what. I, I think Aww. you know, even though he didn't have the greatest year, I think you know Keybear Ruiz is their you know catcher of the future. I think he's gonna be a solid all-around player. 
Yeah, and maybe Pineda's a backup, but yeah, I don't really see a lot of value there, especially for fantasy purposes. Lightning round, TJ White, swinging this power bet? Yeah, no, TJ White's one that I've had a hard time ranking. So it was like, I, I rank, I look at him, I'm like, all right, I got to move him up. And I'll look at him again like a month later, I'm like, oh, I got to move him down. So yeah, the, the power's there. It's, you know, potentially could be a guy that we look at in fantasy, but the floor is also, as is for almost every prospect, but especially with these guys, he's a guy that could also just not make it as well. Yeah, so I think this would be a kind of funnier to see, like, what is TJ White? Is he going to be a major leaguer? Or is he going to fizzle out? And Rutledge is 6'8". 6'8". Yeah. I was under yeah. <laughs> Big dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's, well, look. Yeah. You know, the, there's so much to do, but we're going to end it here. We try to keep the show succinct. We want to give Eric Cross all of the credit in the world. My quick process question for you, Eric, as we close the show was, you know, you work in the Northeast, right? You get a lot of everybody who gets to come through Portland, right? Or the double A part of that realm. You, yep. I mean, you can't see everybody all over the country because you're not a traveling scout. Now, that's not to minimize you at all. My only question is to you is how do you see the gap between what you get to see in real life versus what you only get to see on tape? Is is there a way to make up for that? To, for other people who are interested in this stuff, too, it's it's totally a curiosity I have. And I don't even know if there's a good answer. It's just I'm just curious how you look at it. Yeah, I, I think the biggest advantage of live looks, and like I said, yeah, it's only double A here in Portland, Maine, and then, you know what I get to see out in the Arizona Fall League every, every November. But you know, it's one of the advantages of the live looks that you can't get. You know, and I watch I watch a lot of you know minor league games on on TV as well, or even online just to get more video looks. But when you're at the park, obviously, when you're when you're watching it on on TV or online, you get that one camera angle, right? You know, usually center field, a little bit off centered mm-hmm. like that. So you get the one camera angle. When you're in the ballpark, especially when I'm watching, you know, a, pe- a pitcher, I'll be behind home plate for a little bit to see the, you know, movement on the pitches. I'll go over to, you know, whatever side to get open face looks as mechanics and something you can't see. And same with, with hitters too. I'll move around, you know, with hitters to, you know, the open face look, whether it's lefty or righties, to see, you know, the hand motion, and stuff, all these mechanical things that you can't see just from the one camera angle you get. And you know, watching video is great and. I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, you have to get to the ballpark. I think it could be beneficial, but some people don't live near a minor league ballpark. If I didn't have Portland, the next one closest to me is like two and a half hours away in, you know, uh, middle of Connecticut. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely fun if you can get to the minor league park. It's just a good atmosphere, always a good family atmosphere as well. Uh, most most of these parks do it right, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the the, the advantage. And I try to get to as many games as I can drag the kids along for a few of them. You know, they're starting to get in the baseball, which is really fun to kind of share my passion with my, my daughter and my son. So it's oh. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ben, you would echo a lot of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, here in South Dakota, our closest even minor league team would be Omaha and that's, you know, about a six hour drive. So right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, you know, the thing I, and I, I mean, my, my own personal website is video baseball scout. So, I mean, that's, I spent most of my time doing a lot of video stuff a lot of the stuff I've learned over the years is you spend, you very intentionally find out what parks have what angles. And so then you can watch a picture and you know that, okay, if I want to see, if I want to do a look at a certain picture, I get a look at him from this park and from this park and from this park. And I know I'm going to get these angles on that picture. Yeah. You know, or if I want, if I want to see somebody playing defense, I'm going to, go in the game log and I'm going to find out when they actually made some plays mm. and I'm going to, if I got to know what parks have what angles for their cameras, because certain parks, you're not going to see what 
steps the guy took in order to make that play, you're just going to see that he caught the ball and the throw over. But right. in other parks that have, let's say, a center field camera, you're going to be able to watch a certain thing. Other parks that have a home plate camera, you're going to be able to watch certain, you know, it just depends on where the camera is. You can see different angles. And if you know that about different parks, you get that stuff. It's, it takes more time. It takes more work as far as the video stuff, but it's the same thing. It, you know, I've had some good discussions with folks back and forth around, around the game regarding, you know, Hey, when you're getting the one look in person, do you go back for a second look? And so, so we've had back and forth on that, you know, that when I'm doing a write-up on someone, I'm usually looking at six, seven or more games before I do a, a write-up on somebody. And, you know, I'm not putting together one a write-up based on just one game because I don't feel like I've seen enough. Uh, Unless you qualified it. Like, you, if you did that, you would qualify, okay, this is a singular look, right, Eric? Yeah. You would. Yeah, sometimes it's all, you know, and usually the minor league, they, you know, structured the uh, games now ever since COVID is a lot of times there's, you know, teams are in town for six games. And sometimes, yeah. you know, oh. especially with, with the pitchers, you know, sometimes with the hitters, you know, like when uh, when Binghamton, the Mets double was here, I got, you know, a lot of looks at Brett Beatty, Ronnie Mauricio, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then, you know, sometimes with a pitcher, you know, usually it's only you get one look. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it definitely varies. But, yeah, I try not to go off. You know, I try not to let one live look change my opinion on a prospect too much, oh. one way or the other. But maybe it's like, all right, oh, I, I saw this. Let me go look at video to see if, it, you know, then you, you dig in further yeah. from from that. This yep. is I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe, oh, this could be an issue, or oh, that's pretty cool. Let me go look into that further. That's that's kind of what it is for me, at least. Beautiful, guys. This is great stuff. Thank you so much for indulging us, Eric. There's so many different things that we get on top of besides just player analysis and ranking the farm systems and yada yada yada. Who's the next big thing? Uh, we're always talking about the prospect industrial complex. You know, a lot of groupthink, and it gets set up by the major media outlets. And it's our job, and I think you do a really good job of it. I mean, you define your own terms. You always have, and I think that's really why people are so drawn to Eric Cross is because he does that for so many different teams in all his work. He doesn't just say, oh, I read something from Prospects Live or some shit, you know, like he makes his own way. He always has. And I think that comes out in droves and people come out in droves to appreciate your work, Eric. So thank you so much for this. Ben, you put it all together. So thank you, Ben, for doing what you do. Follow Eric on Twitter, AirCross04, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. I'm at MJ Govier. And of course, Blossom Puck has two L's. Utah. Two Z's. Give me two. We're still doing it. 2023 Rock and Roll McDonald's. Eric, any final thoughts you want to mention to us that we're not aware of about you, your life, prospects, uh, religion, politics? You want to go down <laughs> that road for the next hour? Oh <laughs> no, no, let's let's not do that. But yeah, one oh, thing I want wow. to mention really, really quick that you, you just said, when it comes to you know, really anything, even especially in the prospect world where there's so many talented people, talented sites that just yeah. be your own, you know, put out there what you want to put out there, be your own person. And just, you know, maybe you're not going to be, obviously you're not going to be always right. That's just the nature of mm-hmm. this game, especially with the prospect world. It's so much up and down. But, you know, if you want to rank someone high that you think people might not like it, do it and just, you know, have a reason why. That's why I, I always have a reason why, you know, whether people agree with it or not, that's fine. I don't care. That's not, I'm not here to agree with everybody, but I'm here to give what I think is the best analysis I can. And I have a reason for everything that I do. So just be unique, be yourself and do, Hey, you think something, do it. Don't be scared to do it just because you think there might be some, you know, it won't be perceived well by the general public. Just do what you want to do. 
Beautiful, my friend. That's what I think Chris Clegg echoed a tweet about that today, too. But, you know, if you want to get in the business, do your own thing, just like Eric described, okay? That's how it goes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Second down and nine. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been the Plaza <laughs> Podcast, Prospects Power Half Hour, Benjamin Chase, Eric Cross, Michael Govier. Thanks, everybody, in the live chat. You guys were on fire today. That makes the show 10 times better. Everybody, enjoy your 2023. We'll be back with another edition of this next week. Toodaloo! Toodaloo. Prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.